Homeward is committed to partnering with parents and equipping you with the resources you need to raise your kids to become responsible adults. And Steadfast Companies, a leading real estate investment company, is proud to partner with Homeward to bring you the following podcast presentation. I've had breast cancer. I've had melanoma. I've been sexually abused. My kids don't always do perfect. I have marriage problems. I mean, you just gave my testimony. So outwardly, you could look at my life and say, well, what does she have to complain about? What does she have to be depressed about? But it's, it's not about those externals, and we just have to move away from that. Today may be a, quote, great day because everything lines up. You know, the stars and the planets align, and I have this awesome day where everything, I think, goes well. But then tomorrow may be the exact opposite. When harder times come, we don't know what to do. And that's where I was caught for so long, was just riding that roller coaster of my emotions and the external events that happened to me. And um, that is a futile way to live if you're looking for joy. It, it just won't happen. Wow. That's quite a testimony from our in-studio guest today here on the Homeward Broadcast. You recognize her voice. She is Kay Warren. She is the wife of Pastor Rick Warren. They co-founded Saddleback Church about 30 years ago. It has become a global phenomenon. And yet, even Kay Warren struggles with issues about how do you maintain a certain level of happiness. Well, during the next half hour, you're going to hear her conversation with Dr. Jim Burns about choosing joy because happiness isn't enough. Welcome to the studios of the Homeward Center for Youth and Family on the campus of Azusa Pacific University and the Homeward Broadcast with parenting and family expert, Dr. Jim Burns. I'm Roger Marsh. Remind you that if you're not there already, check out our online resource center at homeword.com. Articles, tip sheets, our evotional newsletter, and more all waiting for you there at homeward.com. And now, here's Jim. Welcome to Homeward. I'm Jim Burns. Very special guest today. Kay Warren is with us. She's a speaker, Bible teacher, advocate for women and children affected by HIV AIDS around the world. Great book called Dangerous Surrender that I read. Actually, we had her on the broadcast. Today, we're going to talk about a new book called Choose Joy Because Happiness Isn't Enough. Along with her husband, Pastor Rick Warren, she co-founded Saddleback Church, which is one of the great influential churches in the world. And uh, she's the mother of Amy, Josh, and Matthew, and the grandmother of a bunch of kids, too, lives in Southern California. Welcome to the Homeward Broadcast. Thanks. It's great to be back. We have been looking forward to this for a long time. You have all these fans in the same world that I live in who just love and adore you. Uh, And and when I say fans, I'm not talking about people who just read your books or hear you speak, but I'm talking about people who know you well and speak so highly about you. So Mm, it's it's always great to have you with us. You've written a great book. It's called Choose Joy. We're going to talk today about when happiness isn't enough. And yet, here you've written a book on choosing joy, but you say that you're kind of a half-empty glass gal. Oh, totally. Totally glass half-empty. Um, Rick's a glass half-full, and so we're always colliding over that you know, worldview of um, him thinking that things are pretty great and me thinking things pretty well stink uh, you know, a lot of times. And uh, yeah, it's just we come into the world with a personality, and that's mine. Yeah, and you kind of say you're an Eeyore. Now, can you change that personality? No. No, I think you're born with the personality that you're born with. We're shaped by all the influences. But um, what I've learned is you can't hide behind your personality, which I did for a long time. Now, now you said that your husband, Rick, is an optimist. You're going to tend to go pessimist, but you're you're writing on joy. So are you saying for pessimist, is it harder to choose joy? Completely. Um, I think that, you know, I I joke and say that Rick's a tigger. You know, if I'm Eeyore, he's Tigger, the bouncy, flouncy, fun, 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 fun. That is Rick. 
Um, actually, Tigger on steroids, and um, and I am an Eeyore on steroids. I, I can't head the other direction. But, you know, here, the, the difficulty is if we hide behind our personalities, you can yeah. think, well, if I had the personality, of course I could feel joyful. But I've figured out that it's for all personalities, even for, you know, gloomy guts like me, um, because it doesn't have anything to do with feelings, and it doesn't really have anything to do with personality. It's much different than that. You were, from my understanding, you were... Um looking at some old notes, your Bible teacher, and you're looking at some no- old notes on joy, and you, and you went, you know what, I don't really live by these principles. And so you kind of looked at these principles, and it helped you become a person yeah, filled with more I, joy. I shocked myself, because I, um, a year ago, I was going to teach a Bible study at our church on joy, and I thought, oh, I've got some old notes on that. So I went back and dug them out, like 15-year-old notes, and I realized that I was no different. You know, that 15 years later, I was experiencing the same lack of joy, didn't understand it, didn't get it, had made no progress at all. And that was really discouraging to me to to realize that even though I had taught it, I still didn't get it. I didn't understand it. It, it made no difference yeah. in my own life. I was talking to my wife last night. We were talking about your book. I was telling you before the broadcast, we're going on a trip right now, and she's making me uh, bring this book because she wants to, to keep reading it. She, I didn't even know she was reading it. And she said, how would you summarize it? And I said, well... I would summarize it by saying joy equals attitude, and your attitude is going to make the difference. Circumstances may not change, but your attitude can, and that will bring you joy. Did I summarize some of your thought in this book? Probably. Um, I, I think what, what you articulated is the fact that it's a choice. Yeah. And I don't think it's just a matter of, this is not a book about, you know, just pump yourself up. And if you just, you know, tell yourself the right things, you're going to experience right. joy. It's it's not that. It's deeper. It's much deeper than that. But, but at the end of the day, um, it's not even so much what I believe, but what I do. So that's where it comes down to my decision, my choice to seek joy, regardless of what's going on in my life. So that part is, is right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I remember you saying joy is not about circumstances or the way you feel. Joy is much deeper, richer, more stable. You know, it's hard to get your arms around that because, you know, there are people, you look at people and you mentioned your husband. I'm a Tigger also, and my wife can be an Eeyore. And so... You God know, has I, a sense of humor that yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that fun on, on, in marriage, of course. Oh, yeah. But, you know, what's interesting about it is... Um, you know, I find that sometimes I mix joy with happiness. I mean, I can tell a joke. I can actually be happy. I can have a great meal. Last night we went out on a date. We had a great meal. I was happy. But it really didn't, you know, feel richer, deeper, well, it, more it stable. Well, it evaporates. You know, so you had a great meal, but half an hour later it's gone. You had right. the meal and it's gone. Right. Um, and, and joy is, is not about what happens to us. In fact, it's, I think that's one of the reasons people struggle is because they get confused and, and they equate happiness and joy together. And if you have good feelings, we think, oh, I must be joyful. But then I got a piece of bad news and I don't feel good anymore. Is it possible to have joy? And the answer is yes. That's why they're different. You know, somebody's uh, listening to us, case saying, you don't understand my deal. You know, I've been sexually abused. I've had cancer. I've had lots of struggles in my life. My kids aren't perfect. My life's not perfect. You're a, a pastor's spouse. You're a speaker. You know, it's easy for you. Oh, well, you just gave my testimony. I've been sexually abused. I've had breast cancer. I've had melanoma. My kids don't always do perfect. I have marriage problems. I mean, you just gave my testimony. So outwardly, you could look at my life and say, well, what does she have to complain about? What does she have to be depressed about? But it's it's not about those externals. And we just have to move away from that because the externals in our lives are going to change. I mean, today may be a, quote, great day because everything lines up. You know, the stars and the planets align. And I have this awesome day where everything I think goes well. But then tomorrow may be the exact opposite. 
And if I am depending on joy for those externals, the ups, the downs, the good news, the um, everything goes the way I want, then when, when harder times come, we don't know what to do. And that's where I was caught for so long, was just riding that roller coaster of my emotions and the external events that happened to me. And um, that is a futile way to live if you're looking for joy. It, it just won't happen. You know, you, you talked about at one time you thought your life came in waves, and yet it comes in parallel tracks. Yeah, I love that. That was, I'm such a visual person. And so for me to have a visual to hang on to, um, it was helpful. Because, yeah, I did. I used to think that, um, you know, you have these good things that happen, and you have bad things that happen, and life's hills and valleys, ups and downs. But it's really more like a set of parallel train tracks. And uh, uh, Parallel train tracks, there's a track of joy and there's a track of sorrow. And in every day of our lives, we're experiencing both joy and sorrow. And it will be that way. It's that way from the day we're born until the day we die. We experience both on the same day. And when you can begin to embrace that life does include both joy and sorrow and that that's okay and that you're not just trying to live on the joy tracks because sorrow is still there but also when you're in a moment of sorrow to know that there's still something beautiful and right and good in the world that is that is a reason for joy, then our lives are richer. Um, we're not living, it's not denial. It's not denial of the pain. It's not denial of the sorrow, the heartbreak, the 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 heart-wrenching moments of our lives. It's embracing both at the same time and not giving in to the sorrow, but in the joy, not ignoring the sorrow. It's, it's living with both at the same time. Boy, that's, that's great stuff. Kay Warren is with us today. She's written a great book called Choose Joy. Kay, at the beginning of your book, you quote a man named Louis Schmieds, and he says, only the heart that hurts has a right to joy. To love that. Oh, I love that. It's circled, underlined. I actually tweeted it today when I told people that you were going to be on my broadcast. So talk about that. Well, what, what Schmieds is saying is that People who have experienced the dark moments, those hit the wall, the the carpet yanked out from underneath you moments, as all of us have, or if you haven't, you will, that when we have hurt and we have experienced that sorrow track of life, it creates a new place within us so that, that joy is is appreciated. Um, suddenly you're not living, you've, you've discovered that you can be joyful with tears streaming down your face. And that may seem like an impossibility. It may seem like, oh, yeah, that looks great on paper. But I can tell you it is a way to live. It is possible to have your heart broken and tears be pouring down your face and yet your heart be completely full of joy. That's neat. And it's in some ways, this is your story. You didn't just write about something that, you know, you know a little a bit theoretical, about. Theoretical, yeah, no. Yeah, this is your deal. Yeah. When you... Um, started approaching this this idea that you can choose joy, that it's a choice. Was it difficult in terms of trying to discipline yourself to become a person of more joy then? Oh, gosh. I, it has been a lifelong struggle. And, and that's what, you know, like I said, I had that epiphany a year ago when I looked at my old notes and saw how far I had not come in 15 years. But what it did is it just propelled me into a, you know what, I'm sick of this. I'm tired of living at this level. I The Bible talks about joy. Jesus talks about joy. There's verse after verse after verse that says, rejoice evermore. Jesus said, I'll give you my all these verses, and I'm not experiencing what's wrong. What's wrong with me? What? Where's this gap coming from? And so I got serious about looking and discovering joy. And um, I realized that there were some things I had to change in myself. 
and part of it was that view that wasn't about in it wasn't about the externals it was about the internal connecting with the eternal i think that's probably one of the most profound lessons i've learned about joy is that joy is about connecting the internal to the eternal so that i have a perspective on the external that can allow joy to grow and I had it all backwards. I was looking at the external and somehow feeling it on the internal and occasionally looking at the eternal God and going, God, you got to help me here. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Instead of going, no, it's not about what happens externally because I can't always control that. But I most definitely can connect what's happening to me to that eternal truths about God so that I look at everything that happens to me through a completely different lens. And that permits joy to grow in my heart. That's good stuff. I want to be taking notes right now. Kay Warren with us. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Much more to come. A speaker, Bible teacher, incredible communicator. You know what? Just an all outstanding, authentic person. So privileged to have her with us today. Roger? Well, Jim, we are blessed to have uh, Kay visiting the Homeward Studios today and, and having this conversation about choosing joy because happiness isn't enough. And that's actually our theme. What do you do when happiness isn't enough? So many people are, are miserable right now, or they're they're just uncomfortable, or just kind of in this benign state of we don't know. You know, it's kind of whatever. And and the Christian life is about choosing joy. Kay writes about that in her book called Choose Joy. It's one that Dr. Jim Burns highly recommends. You can learn more about it when you visit our online resource center today at homeward.com. You'll find a link to Kay's site and uh, more information about the book. Also, articles, tip sheets. So we mentioned at the start of the program, we've got our online devotional, our evotional, a nugget of encouragement and a Bible verse put together by Dr. Jim Burns and the staff and Homeward, you can start that subscription to our Evotional today, and it doesn't cost you anything. Just go to Homeward.com, that's H-O-M-E-W-O-R-D.com, and follow the prompts, and you can start receiving that nugget of encouragement from God's Word from Homeward every day via email. And now let's continue with part two of today's edition of the Homeward Broadcast. Once again, here's Jim. Welcome back. I'm Jim Burns. Boy, I'm taking notes today. Kay Warren is with this outstanding person. She's written a great book called Choose Joy Because Happiness Isn't Enough. And uh, I want to get right into it. Kay, you were talking about the eternal and the external and the internal and all this. You said to me before the broadcast that you're not sure you can have deep, rich, stable joy without a relationship with God. Yeah, in fact, I'm convinced of it. And that's because joy is found in God. I mean, if there's any love in this universe, it's because God is love. If there's any joy in the universe, it's because it emanates um, originally from God. And so to be connected with the eternal, to have that perspective on our lives that, that allows us to take into account loss and betrayal and heartache and rape and incest and divorce and mental illness and prison sentences and abandonment and all those things that happen to us. I mean, those are devastating things that happen and could be a cause for people to completely lose their joy and live a life of bitterness and of regret and pain and sadness. And yet that isn't what God has for us. And so how do you connect what happens sometimes in the real world to this world of spiritual spiritual reality where it says that God's here too? Well, for me, as I've looked at scripture, 
Um, I think of the Apostle Paul, who was this guy who was chained, you know, to a Roman guard and a large portion of, of his ministry. He, he suffered. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was bitten by a snake and he starved and all these things. And yet he could write rejoice, you know, be joyful, be full of joy. And I look at him and go, are you crazy? You know, are you living in the real world here? And how could he do that? How could Jesus go to the cross for our sins? And in Hebrew says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Well, you know, that's just baffling. That just feels like, how do you make sense of that? And when you, when you come and you back to this place of, okay, if God's the source of joy and I want to be connected to him, then somehow I'm not going to experience it unless I'm connected with him. So the definition that I've come to work with for myself is joy is a settled assurance that God is in control of the details of my life. A quiet confidence that ultimately, and the word ultimately is important, everything is going to be okay. And a determined choice to praise God in all things. Well, that's what Paul did. This guy I was talking about who was in prison and who was beaten and shipwrecked. He knew that some, there were some truths he understood about God that he was completely settled about. And it led to a peaceful confidence in his heart so that he could choose to praise God even bitten by a snake, beaten, robbed, in prison. And so it either works for everybody. It, if, it, if it just works for Paul, then let's just put the Bible up on the shelf. Really, let's just put it on the shelf, call it a nice little book. It either works not just for him, but it works for me, or it works for you, or it doesn't work for anybody. And I was tired of not making it work for myself. And I wanted to know, what did he know? How did he do that? How did he live that kind of an authentic life connected to God so that he experienced joy I want that. And so I made it kind of my life's goal to figure that out. And in that process, that is where I've come to that Paul understood some things about God. He had an eternal perspective that allowed him to take in all the junk that happened to him in such a way that it didn't destroy him. It didn't leave him a bitter, broken man. In fact, he was passionate. He lived every day of his life with this passion and zeal and this this joyful. I want that. You want it. Are there days when you say, I I know this works, but man, I'm having a bad day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There are, this is, this is like anything else. It, there's, you have to change the way you think and changing the way we think takes time and you don't automatically have new thought patterns just because you thought it once. So just because I say, God, I, I want to connect who I am on the inside with you is this God who's in control of the details of my life, this God who is ultimately going to take care of everything. See, I have this assurance that whether everything in my life is okay or not, I will be okay. That's a huge difference, Jim, because I lived most of my life needing everything to be okay before I could be okay. Now I'm at the place where whether things are okay or not, I am okay. I've got some situations in my life that they could end very badly. There's mental illness in some extended family members, and and it could go badly. I mean, be honest with you. And I have to come to that place, and I have come to that place, that whether things are okay, I will be okay. And because I know that, that God is in control, I choose to praise him. I am okay no matter what happens, but that takes time. And there are some days it feels like I just get hit with waves of sadness or waves of trouble, waves of pressure and stress. And I want to just go down on my face and just go, I can't do this. This is too hard. And so, but I get back up and I say, God, you know what? You haven't changed today. Everything else in my life has changed 
Everything in my life changes. Nothing is stable or permanent, but God, you are permanent. That's why we have to connect the internal to the eternal, which will not change so that we can interpret what happens externally in such a way that joy can grow. That's great. It's great. You, 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 I remember in your book, you said everything is going to be all right is not the equivalent to don't worry, be happy. No. And what you're saying is this is, this goes much deeper and it's a step of faith. In many ways, it's a faith. In it terms is. Of- it is because I can't grasp. I can't. I. You know. I, we're sitting here. You know, in a studio, and I could. I could reach out and I could touch your shoulder. I mean, you, there's a physical presence. I can. Right. I can see you with my eyes. I can hear you with my my ears. But God isn't like God is spirit, and so I can't reach out and touch Him and look Him face to face and hear His voice in that same way. And so it does require faith. It requires the confidence that He is real that he is good, that he is trustworthy, and therefore I can trust what he says in his word, even when, to me, sometimes it doesn't make sense. Right. Doesn't make what, sense. What I hear you saying is he, he's not going to take away all our problems. No. But through the midst of those problems, we can still go after joy. You had an experience where uh, you started looking for images of Jesus, and you found some images of Jesus laughing. Oh, they were great. The first one I found was in such an unexpected place, and it was in Playboy. <laughs> and uh, I think it's like the 19, November 1970 issued. Please take my word for it. Please don't go try and find it. Um, but Hugh Hefner was captivated by, he right. saw this laughing Jesus and was completely captivated because it just shot through yeah. all his stereotypes yeah. of, of who Jesus Christ was. And um, so from there, others have begun to do these images of Jesus laughing and at first, they seem a little sacrilegious, you know, especially for anybody raised in church right. with the idea of you can't you can't smile around Jesus. Right. That's that's you just don't smile around Jesus. Well, no, Jesus was a real man. He told jokes. He was funny. You know, he was the Conan O'Brien of his day. We just we don't get his humor because it's it's Jewish humor. It's Jewish. It's cultural. It's exaggeration. And we're looking at it going a camel going through the eye of a needle. That's funny. Yeah, it's a great laugh line. But Jesus told jokes. He was he was humorous. He was he laughed. He played. He played with kids. Um, he told funny stories. His disciples. I mean, he was a crack up. But that's not the way we see him. And so to think of God being joyful, Jesus being joyful, completely outside of what what we see him portrayed. And yet, when you can begin to look at him through the lens that way, rather than just all the statues and artwork that we've seen, it opens up a, a picture of him as somebody like I want to get to know him. He's a guy I'd like to go to a party with. You know, he sounds like somebody I'd want to stand next to, next to the potted palm at the next party I go to, because he's going to be telling jokes. He's going to be funny. Yeah. I want to know that kind of yeah, Jesus. It's, it's great. He, you are funny sometimes when you have joy. And because his joy was overflowing, you would see it. I kind of imagine sometimes over by the Sea of Galilee, you know, he and his disciples are kind of messing around. They're getting in a mud fight, you know, <laughs> and we don't think of that Jesus too too often. And yet that, that is Jesus. There is a Jesus who gets angry, gets angry when, you know, when kids are, are hurting and yep. he gets angry when people injustice. Uh, do injustice yeah. and, and, and whatnot. But at the same time, he, even in that, he's a man of, of joy well, and we can't he, I mean, he sweat, he burped, you know, he got sleep in his eyes. I mean, he was a human being. He was, he was God in flesh. And, and when we forget that, we forget the humanity of Jesus and how that combined with the deity to create this role model for us of how to carry the weight of the world. You know what? The reality is many of us carry very painful burdens, very painful situations that 
don't change. No matter what we do or how much effort we put into it, there's situations in our life sometimes that don't change. And we carry these weights on our shoulders. And to know that Jesus carried the weight of the world on his shoulders and yet made time for relationships and laughter and play and fun and um, and meaningful times with people he cared about. To me, that's that gives me, it sets an example of, okay, if he could live a life of joy, even though he carried the weight of the world, then I can live a life of joy even though some of the weight on my shoulders sometimes feels like it's going to take me to the ground. Wow, great input. Kay Warren, you are absolutely refreshing. Thank you for being with us. We've got more to come. Just so happy that you would talk to us about this incredible new book of yours called Choose Joy Because Happiness Isn't Enough. Uh, Again, so refreshing, Roger, to have Kay Warren with us. What a privilege to to be with her today. Boy, that is a good word for it, isn't it? Refreshing. And uh, it's it's just the authenticity is so contagious, and it really liberates us, too. And uh, again, our thanks to Kay Warren. Uh, The book that uh, she has just come out with is called Choose Joy, uh, Because Happiness Isn't Enough. And she's very, very authentic in uh, in writing her own struggles and testimonies. And it's an encouragement to all of us to say, boy, if the wife of the senior pastor at uh, Saddleback Church has to go through these things, then uh, we can take heart and go through them as well. Uh, You'll want to look at this book and uh, recommend it. uh, We do recommend it highly here at Homeward. Also want to encourage you to visit our online resource center today. A number of uh, things that you want to check out, like the articles and media section. That's where we have tip sheets, articles, video clips, and more. And we make the articles and media section available without cost. No subscription fee, no monthly club membership. Just go to Homeward.com and hit the articles and media tab. You'll find thousands of resources at your disposal at Homeward.com. And now for Dr. Jim Burns, our engineer Ben Camp, and the rest of the staff, I'm Roger Marsh. Thanks so much for listening. Join us again next time for part two of Jim's conversation with Kay Warren, right here on Homeward. Homeward with Jim Burns is a production of the Homeward Center for Youth and Family at Azusa Pacific University.